0: The core energy for us to shift into by honoring the feminine is to utilize the feminine, not as a weakness, but as a strength to understand imbalance and through being able to utilize the feminine for the sake of imbalance, we then be able to see what needs to be put in place to create balance.
1: This is the Alchemize Life Podcast, and I am your host, Ava Johanna. Transformational mentor, speaker, teacher, and most importantly, a woman on a mission to bring wellness to the world. This podcast was created to bridge the gap for anyone craving more love, health, and happiness in each and every day. And with every episode, you will receive practical guidance to create magic in your own life. Combining the expertise of wellness visionaries and thought leaders, each week we will bring it back to basics and provide you with the tools meant to empower you to thrive emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So together, let's ditch the mean girl, you can't sit with us vibes, grab your favorite yoga pants, and start to find your uniquely alchemized life. Welcome, welcome back, you guys. Ava here. This is the Alchemize Life podcast. And as always, I am so grateful to have your ears for this episode with Shaman Durek. It's gonna be an incredible interview and conversation for you guys to listen to. I was so excited to get the opportunity to sit in conversation with Shaman Durek and bring this interview to life, especially with his book, Spirit Hacking, that is coming out. If you know Shaman Durek, then you know that is going to be a powerful conversation. And if you have never heard of Shaman Durek before, buckle up, you guys. You are going to be so inspired by the end of this conversation. Before we jump into it, I just have to update you guys on a couple of things because there's been a few things in the works for a little while and they're all coming to fruition over the next couple of weeks and I'm so excited to share them all with you. So first things first, this Saturday... October 19th, I am hosting an Alchemized Life podcast meetup here in LA at Studio B at Bandier. So right on the corner of Melrose and Crescent Heights is the new bandier store. I've been teaching there since the summer and we are doing a free podcast meetup there. So we're going to take class, then grab coffee and just hang out with each other, get to know each other and continue creating community around wellness and around all of the things that we love. So anyways, I'm really excited. If you guys want to come, you can just send me a DM and let me know. But at Otherwise, you can just show up. Again, it's this Saturday, October 19th at 10 a.m. It's going to be really fun. In addition to that, I have been given the amazing gift to offer you guys from Bandeer for anyone in LA or traveling to LA that wants to take classes at Studio B, which is Bandeer's In-studio or in-store studio, you can mention the podcast, The Alchemized Life, either call them, just walk in or send them an email and you'll get three free classes. Yeah three free classes for you to try all the different instructors. Um, I suggest trying my class, duh. And then also trying my girl Stevie's class and Aubrey's class as well. There are so many incredible instructors at Studio B, and they wanted to give you guys this gift. So anyways, again, you can reach out or just walk into the studio, let them know that you're a listener of the Alchemized Life podcast, and they will hook you up with three free passes. So dope, you guys. All right. So with that being said, I'm going to jump into today's episode with... Shaman Durek, and I cannot wait for you guys to listen to it. We talk all about creating rituals and everyday magic. He's such a freaking joy to be around. The first time I actually experienced Shaman Durek was at Revitalize. He did the opening, I guess, talk, and his words stuck with me since then. And it was just the very quick phrase of alignment over hustle. And I like to think that I now try to infuse that into everything that I do and everything that I teach. So Shaman Durek, thank you for inspiring me with that. Shaman Durek is a sixth generation shaman and an evolutionary innovator spirit hacker women's empowerment leader and a visionary for the new age derek has devoted decades to study and practice and becoming a thought leader and spiritual enthusiast for people all over the world and today derek teaches and conducts private sessions with a diverse clientele all over the world from the princess of norway to iconic health leaders like i mentioned at the beginning of this intro he recently wrote his first book spirit hacking it is so good the way in which he writes in the book is just so relatable and humorous and funny. He makes it fun. He makes it easy. And I feel like that's how spirituality and all of this work should be. So if you guys love this episode, please let us know. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so we can get Shaman Durek and his new book out to as many people as possible. And then also share it with a friend or post it up on your Instagram stories, tagging the podcast at The Alchemized Life and tagging Shaman Durek at Shaman Durek. All right, you guys, that is it. I hope you enjoy this episode and I'll see you on the other side. So as you asked, this is the alchemized life. I'm curious, and I've actually never asked this question of anybody before, but what is alchemy to you?
0: Alchemy to me is taking different components. Um, It can be anything from sound, or it can be uh, such as an herb. It could be a type of symbolism or a type of energy. And creating an alchemy is about finding the necessary components that that actually support one another and bring them together to create an alchemized form that would actually serve something greater with each of those um, elements having an effect upon that which it's serving. so. In shamanism, we utilize a lot of alchemy principles in the idea of merging certain types of energies plus certain types of medicines and certain types of uh, words and functionings and symbols and and all of those into something that actually supports the person. Because everybody, of course, is operating in a different way, in a different field of energy, in different contexts. And so alchemy even is like when you see a DJ uh, spinning records at a party, right? DJ is the alchemist. He's actually taking different frequencies that he's hearing in one record to another frequency he hears on another record. And he's learning how to look at the audience and f- create what he wants from the alchemy of bringing these two frequencies together to generate energy for people to come together in a community and dance. So it's it exists in so many different elements. I mean, even right now we have alchemy happening with the wind that's happening outside and then you have the sun and then you have you know these two elements coming together but most people don't are not aware of the alchemy that happens within us and around us so they lose the magic that that's being presented to them by not being aware of it
1: yeah absolutely and it's interesting because i was having this i guess conversation with myself the other day and i was journaling and i was looking at like the stages of our personal development and how really when we begin to awaken that sense within us. It is kind of like the witness of, ah, oh, okay, I see that I am now, I am I see that I'm thinking in certain ways and I am acting in certain ways and this may not necessarily be in my best interest or maybe it is in my best interest and I can see the reaction or the cause and the effect. And then from that point, I kind of like, noodled on it a little bit more and was like, oh, and then once we are witnessing, then we really are able to become an alchemist because then we can start to control the things and not so much control in a way that is um, gripping on to the outcome, but control in a way that does create magic for us. And I think that it's really empowering when we are able to get to that point in our development and in our spiritual paths, where we do recognize that we are all alchemists. So I think that's one of the reasons why I really wanted you to come on the podcast because you have just truly taken what it means to live an alchemized life and let it touch the lives of so many others. Um, So thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
0: Absolutely, thank you for having me. I I feel also too that the, the, the true gateway to being an alchemist is surrender. Mm -hmm. right and I, i i always say this because when you are accessing what you just said it requires surrender it requires you to let go of any type of form or ideas that you have and let the spirit guide the alchemy and you be the vessel for that alchemy so
1: yeah one of the things that i've found and a lot of people that i've talked to is that it's so hard to surrender it's just hard because it's so against what we've been told growing up. And I think that you do a beautiful job of explaining what it's like to surrender and doing it in a way that's gentle and trusting. So can you share a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, so the first thing I always tell people is to look at the words that they use. If they use the word hard, right there, they're writing a code to the source to make it hard for them. So we the first thing, the first key to surrender is to understand that, to surrender to anything is the the first element is to not judge it, and not to put any preconceived ideas or labels or uh, opinions upon it, and literally just kind of sit with it until you until you get the invitation to absorb yourself into it, and that's where the surrender takes place. It, it takes place in the part of the breakdown from you uh, enough to be humble and have humility to be humble to actually let yourself be broken down and absorb into it. And then you actually begin to see the beauty and the energy and the wisdom and all the graces that come along with that.
1: Yeah. Do you think that it has to be a practice, like thinking about like the words that we use, how we can say something along the lines of, oh yeah, but you know, it's such a practice though. I have to continue doing this. And, and you know, maybe it's not hard, but it's, it's such a practice for me to do this. Do you think that there's a difference where we can have like, quantum shifts in the way that we think or the way that we surrender where we don't have to lean into, oh, it's such a practice or, oh, it's so hard.
0: I I do. I think the quantum shift happens when you're able to expand your lexicon and you get out of the idea that you have to formulate the words that were taught to you in a dictionary, but you actually begin to create new words that describe emotions in different ways. So like for instance, you know, um, I'll use the word having a pop rocks day. Well, people are like, but that doesn't make sense, but it does if you understand what pop rocks are and what it means to me or the sound of it. What does it sound like to you? It's uh, what does it sound like to another person? It's gonna be completely different. The point is whatever it sounds like to you, what it sounds like to a different person is still gonna be the same essence of energy that you're gonna get from it. Instead of saying "having a great day," which is such a word that's utilized within culture, you know, by the multitude, there is no real every every code of word has to have some form of emotional content to it to describe something or to be able to understand its meaning. And when you operate in in the field of I can't, but maybe um, it's hard. You're, You're literally basically saying, I'm not willing to expand my awareness and consciousness to all of the other doorways of possibility that exist because I'm afraid to look beyond the veil of which I've been shown. And I think the key element to actually bringing it what we call into a practice to me in shamanism we don't look at things as a practice we see it as a definition of acceptance so for instance if someone says to me i'm going to quit smoking we we don't operate from the idea in shamanism that something is already outside of you the idea of going, the word going means at some point at some time but there's no real definition that anchors it into reality so therefore it just floats in the ethers and most people um, don't realize that if your words aren't anchored into this reality the time frame of its manifestation will be longer and more driven out because the spirits have to wait till you actually start formulating words that they can anchor that thought that you had like maybe three months ago into manifestation so the idea would be i love how i've quit smoking and then and then say by by this date at this time within this period or like you can say or if you're going to use the word i'm going to heal myself you can say i'm going to heal myself add a definition anchor which is in two weeks i will uh heal myself and then add another anchor through the, through that period of those two weeks all these amazing things are going to support me in that healing such as friends um and the environment and and spirits and whatever it is that you want to bring into that healing circle and then and, um, say, and then add another anchor, which is, and during that process, it's going to be fun and easy to release during that process of healing. So now you've created a vessel for spirit to pour into all of the words, all the energies. And that's what true alchemy is, is the ability to take the combination of different things to tell a story to the spirit world that makes sense for them to be able to make it applicable in your life now.
1: Mm, I think that that's so powerful. And for my mom, like she smokes and I want nothing more than for her to quit smoking, but she says that same exact thing. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm just not ready yet or something along the lines of that. And I'm always, of course, me being her daughter, I'm like, but like, when is it going to happen? So when we have people in our lives like that, where we're ultimately not in control of their actions um, or their beliefs, how do we best support them?
0: so the best way we support them is by calling out their light not by getting frustrated with the fact that they're not doing it or getting there or reaching some level of idea that we see for them that they haven't yet um taken on or adopted themselves into so the thing that you would you know like for instance i had a friend who smoked uh chain smoked a lot and everyone would be like oh i can't stand his smoking and when are you going to quit smoking and all that was was negative reinforcement and what it did on a, on a, on an energetic level it just invited the ego and every aspect that is there to identify energy and be uh what we say a guard of the narrative so if if someone is smoking and i like when are you going to quit smoking it's so this and that i can't believe you're doing this to your body all it's basically doing is it's it's giving energy to the very thing that they're doing therefore it's going to stay prolonged because you're focusing on the lack you're not focusing on the expansion mm-hmm. and so in shamanism we we wouldn't say that we would say i love how you take care of your health i love how you're always being aware of what you're putting in your body i love how you're eating healthy and i love how you're constantly taking care of your needs to support yourself to feel good inside your body and to be light and to feel wonderful and to feel just completely blessed up you know and i just say this and all our friends say that even when he's smoking even when he's eating bad food and even when he's doing all these things and what happens is we actually built a a container, or we should say a frame for which he can now step into a doorway, which would be the better way of explaining it. So we we, most people, what they'll do is they'll accept the reality that someone is showing them and then adopt it in their words and their behavior towards the person such as, I can't believe you do this. Why do you smoke? How can you do this to yourself? You don't care about yourself. Two. I love how you're always taking care of yourself. I love how amazing you are. I love how smart you are and what it means for you to honor your body. So now I've created a doorway. And in the matrix, it's important for us to learn to create doorways for people so that way they have an opportunity to be aware of that doorway. Once you're aware of that and their subconscious is aware of it, uh, it makes it for them to shift and move into that doorway and shift out of it. So within one month, all of a sudden he called us all up and said, oh, by the way, I just want to let you guys all know, I quit smoking cold turkey and he hasn't smoked since. Mm -hmm. And he started eating healthy and he went, to the gym and worked on his body and he started meditating and getting into healing work and all these different things which he never did before but it was because we cut, we opened we created a doorway and we just walked away from it yeah. and every time we saw him do something destructive to himself we just reminded him that the doorway exists mm-hmm. and that literally is the way we're supposed to be on so many levels on on planet earth like when you see dirty water or a dirty lake instead of saying oh this lake is so dirty because people keep polluting it By you saying that you're actually giving resonance to the frequency of the people who keep polluting it as a code to say, keep polluting it so I can keep making more... Uh, keep putting my energy to uh, focusing on pulling out more darkness on the planet so you would say i love how you know uh, these waters are healing from all the murkiness and all the stuff i see in these waters and that people are waking up right now in the world by thousands who are ready to bring change to earth who are ready to bring new technology new advancements to make it so that our water is clean to make it so that we're able to adapt with our h2o substance on planet earth
1: yeah i mean So many light bulbs went off from you saying that. And I think that it's really important that we do call that out, how when we are putting all of our energy and all of our attention on these negative things, of course, that's all that we're going to see. Of course, that's what's going to magnify. So for somebody that is listening, that's like, oh, I've been definitely putting my energy towards these things that aren't like aren't fulfilling me, aren't fulfilling my relationships, are you know not contributing to the world in a positive way, what are like what's one phrase that they can start to incorporate into their life or one practice or ritual that allows them to shift into and create that new doorway and framework?
0: Well, you know, I, I think the the one word or one phrase they can use is the way I see it or the way I feel about it is that, you know, you're always taking good care of yourself and you're always acknowledging yourself. And the way I see it is that, you know, I see a vision where you are completely honoring and loving and nurturing yourself and being there for yourself. Or you simply go to what I do, which is to simply say the beautiful things that they are and claim their light out of their being. So you're basically going in and instead of focusing on what people want you to focus on, which is usually the drama or the things that they're going through so they can feel a justification by sharing with you their horrible stories. And then by you actually being participant of that behavior, you actually then take that energy on and then it frees them to be free and then you end up feeling like crap. And I think that we become such a codependent species and, and that's why it's... Leaving right now, and that we're stepping into what is called, you know, social independence, creative independence, loves independence, and really understanding how do we maintain a sustainable way of thinking, acting, and being while being in the human embodiment when everything around us is telling us that we're missing something and we're lacking something and we don't have something. So, the key element there is to not fall into the idea of saying anything that is of lack. As a way to get someone to change or shift or rearrange, even to be personal or non-personal or group or you know whatever it may be, the only way that you actually really invoke change on planet Earth, even if you're not doing humanitarian work and so forth, is by utilizing your energy to the highest, fullest, maximum potential. And that is for you to be able to speak your truth, not the truth of trying to debunk something or make it wrong, but the truth of you speaking the, the, the clarity that comes from division. Which is, if I see someone and they're putting themselves down, I'm like, you know, I love how beautiful you are, what a beautiful being you are, how you love, you know, dressing and you come up with a great style and you always look good everywhere I see you, whatever it may be, they may be putting themselves down, but within like a minute or two, what's going to happen is that energy is now sitting there and that energy is now going Kind of like um, your white blood cells that you have in your body from your thymus uh, from your thymus gland going into your system to heal your body from all these germs, bacteria, and viruses, and so forth is the same thing. You are the medicine of the day when you bring something to the table that represents a quality of life that keeps people lit and lifted and shifted. And that's how you truly become an alchemist because alchemy is about taking one form of energy to another form of energy. And sometimes in alchemy, it's about changing the dynamic structure of that energy. So that's How I look at it,
1: it's so powerful. I almost like don't even know what to say to that. Um, You are such a powerful speaker. You have your podcast. I saw you speak at um, Revitalize and two years ago. Did you speak this year too?
0: No, no, no. I I, no, no, no. You didn't.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, But every single time that I listen to one of your podcasts, hear you on another podcast, speaking to you right now, I'm just blown away. So I'm curious how how does this information channel through you? Where where did it all start and come from where you really felt empowered to share in the way that you do? And now with your book, Spirit Hacking to be able to provide in that platform as well.
0: So, you know, for me, I was a very silent kid from age one to about, I think, seven or eight years old. My dad said I never spoke. I would whisper in my sister's ear and, you know, and deliver some messages through whispering. And, what, and a lot of the reasons why was because Um, I was an observation of life. I found life to be a little bit aggressive. As a kid, seeing the people around me making choices, making decisions, talking, sharing, whatever, it seemed also aggressive to me. So I just stayed quiet and watched people with my eyes. And if people would say to me, oh, do you like this food that you're eating? I would just shake my head or nod my head. Yes, if that is the case, but I would never engage in any kind of anything different or conversations or anything versus just being quiet and staring at people and smiling at them. As I got older, I went through a lot of suffering and a lot of pain, and I didn't know how to express myself. So I went into poetry, started becoming a slam poet, started sharing myself at cafes and really speaking to people about the things that I felt that I wanted to speak about, but I used it in an artistic creative form that made it so that people could hear it without getting upset because it's coming through poetry. That led me to the ability as a shaman in my training and all these things, because the whole idea is that you can train as a shaman, you can be this person, but you can still be a person who has all these issues because you haven't chosen to cultivate that one field that exists within the mainframe of society, which is to be liked, to be loved, to be appreciated, to be valued, to be honored, to be seen. And all of these these attributes are beautiful, but not everyone gets them. And it's because we are such a, a species that is learning to defend the reality of our existence by utilizing material possessions as a form of showing and indoctrinating to other people where we are and where we're at, such as someone buying the Red Bottom Hills and all that. Like it's all of that is set up not to, to, to say, okay, here is this culture and here's the beauties of this culture. It's to let you know that there are. Um, insecurities happening within the person, but to them, what what people see who don't know about those insecurities, they see someone who's just rocking those shoes and must have lots of money and be successful and be whatever. So when we get into that context and we get into the understanding of that, I knew that there had to be a voice for someone to speak against those things, but not against it in the sense that it's a bad thing, but against it in the way that we're opening up a conversation and then invite other people to join that conversation and see like what comes from that conversation. How honest can we be about things in the world that we're told not to speak about, things we're told not to do? This whole I, this thing, you can't do this and you can't do that, never appealed to me. And I found in my life that the reason why I'm so good as speaker and all these things is because I'm so connected to that spiritual energy that is flowing between both of us that I can see, feel, and sense aspects of your being that are resonant tone frequencies of my own or you wouldn't be sitting in front of me right now. So, therefore… When I go to speak in front of the public and speak in front of people, I know that those people are there to give me whatever time I have to listen and hear what I have to say. So I'm going to be grounded in who I am. I'm going to be secure within who I am. And I'm going to deliver the message with love and grace without having there be some kind of complication because I can't handle it because I'm not even being willing to be truthful to myself. So I think that's the, the difference. And so for me, it helped me to be able to speak and talk and share and, you know, really take shamanism. Not as a you know, a singularity polarity of, you know, you can only be a shaman if you're born in a tribe, you can only be a shaman if you have lineage, but a shaman from the mind frame of society, which is to be, make it a lifestyle choice. Mm-hmm. So that as holism is a lifestyle choice, shamanism also complements holism to teach people how to remain true in their heart space, and then radiate that light out into the world in whichever way they choose. If they're a dancer, engineer, a doctor, whatever it is that your consciousness is creating this awareness of service and unconditional love and devotion in everything that you do.
1: Again, just so powerful. And I think... This is this whole topic has really resonated with me a lot lately over the past two weeks because I created enough enough space for myself mm-hmm. to get out of the hustle, get out of the grind of L.A. I went and stayed with my dad in Ontario and he lives on farmland and it was wonderful because I didn't have to check my inbox for the week, even though that was really hard for me the first couple days. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I got to this point where I was disconnected from the email, disconnected from the work, set myself up. So I really didn't have to do any work. And at first I was like, who am I? Who Who is this person? Because I feel so connected to my work right now. Like I have to be checking my inbox. Mm-hmm. And then there was this switch that happened in a couple of days where I really felt authentically who I was. And. Who, what I have to offer to this world aside from the definition of this podcast, aside from the definition of my teaching. Yeah. And it was this powerful shift. And that's kind of why I asked you about the quantum shifts earlier of like, do we have to really go through the practice? Because it felt like all of the podcasts I'd listened to, all of the books that I had um, read, everything that I had taken in that had made a subsequent dis, um, change in my life, mm-hmm. I had finally like, clicked and it finally had started to make a difference. And I think that when we are able to be authentically ourselves and get to that point where we know who that is and how we can be true to ourselves, we're able to make these massive shifts, create these quantum leaps in our own thought frames and the people around us too. So would you agree with that?
0: Sort of. I wouldn't agree with all of it. I will agree with a portion of it. I think the idea of being true to yourself and the idea of finding yourself an idea of illuminating yourself or being in having integrity with yourself is illusion in itself. Because the thing is, you're not dealing with oneself. It's not a singular being that you represent. You are a multidimensional quantum energy uh, form that has chosen a human form with the help of the elemental spirits that has created your body and your vessel. But you are beyond form. See, what human beings try to do, and this is one of the most interesting things that I have found both in my, my uh, uh, knowledge and observant of sociology and understanding of how people adapt on earth, is that they look for a form in which to convert themselves into or to become or to you know, grow into or whatever it may be and claim it. Like, this is my form. This is who I am. And in truth, you're neither nor. The thing is, the core of this thing is to know ourselves. We are a multidimensional being. That means that I am not just one spirit living in this body that make up me as Durek, as Shaman Durek. I am a multiple of many spirits that chose to be this body, chose to be Shaman Durek, and I can access them at any given time. So whenever we step into the space of recognizing to be about the self, it's about being about the selves. Because when we're about the selves, then we're about community, we're about leadership, we're about very powerful Earth moving energies because people have now realized that the definition of creation doesn't exist. And the only definition we have is that which we call into form, which we say. So if I say I'm a beautiful person, then that's what creation creates. If I say life is hard to come by and money's hard to come by, then that's what God will create, our source will create. And so why would I limit myself to the one self when I know that there's billions of cells? And all I have to simply do is connect with each and every one of them. Internally, externally, however, doesn't matter, through my being and realize I am more than just a a being. I am literally a fluid, functional energy form that is nothing greater in my heart than to see people make the quantum shift in their reality, in the here and now, because they were not living their truth
1: so how do we step into that then how because when i when you were speaking what kind of came to the realization for me was that even if i am defining myself by this authentic self there's still the ego there of saying oh you are just this one finite self versus the endless possibilities so how how do at least i shift because i know that i'm probably not the only person that had that idea so where where does it begin
0: well I think also, too, is to understand that your ego is not there to do anything to harm you. Right. Your ego is basically there to say, hey, I'm the part that was sent with you to make sure that you believe in the world that you're in. So my job is to use ego to make you believe something and stand very strong by it that you never sway from it. So the idea that, like, when someone comes and says, oh, I'm going to... Um, be like this, I'm gonna have a party, I'm gonna be like this, and the next second they see that person and they're completely different. It's not about me saying, oh, well, they're not in their integrity or they're not in their ego. It's the fact that they just choose to be outside of that, outside of that range, outside of that ego that people talk about, and more into the internal of you know, what it is that they are experiencing um bringing it into the internal and the internal then registers to you the truth that comes from your being because you realize that you are not a, sub, a solid form you are immutable moldable changeable uh, <laughs> you are uh something magnificent i mean you can wake up tomorrow and just decide to be who the heck you want to be. You could wake up tomorrow, dye your hair blonde, or just choose different clothes or choose a different thing and say, this is who I am. And this is what I do. And this is how I do it. And then tomorrow you can choose to be something else. And what we have done is we've tried to formulate it into one box, one form, one idea. And that's why we have all these people on earth going, what's my life purpose? What's my life purpose? Instead of realizing they're in their life purpose, the fact that they walked down the street that day and felt love in their heart, they're in their life purpose. Because the quality of love cannot be antiquated based on how much you do for another person then you become a people pleaser and you're stuck in groundhog's day people pleasing and being angry yourself people pleasing being angry yourself so the way you do it is by adjusting your understanding of self to these other realities of self so that you're able to act those energies out in the here and now time without so much stress strain or um you know degradation to your being the love quality nature allows you to recognize that Source is whatever you say source is. So if I wake up tomorrow and say, you know, I'm more sensitive, I'm more this, I'm more that, all of a sudden I become super sensitive. Then I wake up tomorrow and say, I have strong power and I'm very strong and I'm very powerful. Nothing can make me cry and nothing can make me emotional. Then that will become my reality. Why? Because I'm already setting up the container for which every single person feels inside that is not serving them to be in a position where they're so disconnected from the reality of themselves because they're on their cell phones, on their computers, they're doing all these things, but they're not balancing it out with nature. Mm -hmm. They're not logging into the trees. They're not tapping into the resources that are all around them. And instead, they rather focus on all these very superficial things, which is great. Use your Instagram, use your Facebook. Yeah, get social, whatever it is, but recognize that that's not the be all end all of who you are. Mm -hmm. And so getting to know all parts of yourself versus the one is so much more important so that you're able to truly, truly feel this transformation from the internal, not the external.
1: Where's your favorite place in nature? Where do you resonate with most?
0: I love being in nature on the trees.
1: Trees? Yeah, because the trees a, and I talk a lot. Do you have a certain place in the world? Or yeah,
0: I like um, Humboldt County. I like the trees there. I like the Sequoia Redwoods. Um, I love the, uh, being around nature all the time, anytime. My uh, definite goal is to um, have a house with land and lots of trees. And I feel at peace when the trees are around because I know they can hear me. Yeah. So I know they can draw aid to me if I so need it. So I feel at peace where they're not like, pining for my attention, trying to do all these things. They're just saying, here I am, I'm a tree and I give off this powerful energy and you can take it from me if you need it. And if you don't need it, then don't use it. This is how I feel.
1: I love that. My favorite place on earth is Big Sur and the tree's there.
0: Nice, yeah, yeah.
1: So we're going to take a quick break because I want to update you guys on my Everly Well at-home lab test report. So if you've been listening to the podcast over the past couple of weeks, I shared that I found Everly Well while at Wellspring last October. So it's officially been a year and that was ultimately the turning point for my skin. They have over 35 at-home tests. So if you've never heard of them before, you guys have to go check them out. They have some for thyroid health, for Lyme disease, food sensitivities, heart health. I mean, the list goes on. There's 35 different tests. And you take the test at home, send in your results, and then they'll send you back the results within just a couple of days. So a year ago when I took it, I had food sensitivities to things like dairy, um, cow's milk, gluten, and a bunch of other things like black walnuts, too. So, anyways, I was interested a year later to come back and take the test. And I am so excited and happy to say that my gluten allergy or intolerance went from moderate down to normal reactivity. After I got the test back, you can imagine I was in full on bliss mode. And if you've been struggling with your skin, digestion issues, or fatigue, I seriously recommend taking this test, you guys. I mean, after a year of working on my gut health, working on my digestion, it's so cool to see that my sensitivities can shift just like yours can too. So if you want to jump on the train and try Everly Well, I'm hooking you up with a coupon because I love you guys very, very much. You can take the food sensitivity test like I did or one of the other 35 at-home tests they offer, including fertility, thyroid, Lyme disease, metabolism, heart health, just to name a few. All you have to do is head to everlywell.com forward slash alchemized. Use the code alchemized at checkout for 15% off of your test. Again, that's everlywell.com forward slash alchemized. Your code is alchemized for 15% off your at-home lab test. One of the things that you spoke about in one of your recent episodes of the podcast was the power of rituals. And one of the things that really stuck with me is how we can create rituals in any, like any area of life when you're driving down the street, when you're at the gym. So can you speak a little bit about that? Because it just brought me so much joy listening to that <laughs> yeah, episode. Yeah, I love
0: it. This is great. Uh, so rituals are the essence on the building blocks of all cultures and all realities. And when we look at rituals, we understand that a lot of times people think rituals. They think like, oh, you got to burn some candles and dance under the full moon, and 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 take a spoon into a cauldron, and you know you got to do spells and rituals, and it's all about this kind of thing. But you know it's not true because I have a lot of religious friends, and I teach them how to bring ritual into their into their life as well too. I, it, ritual is really an observance of how you're utilizing the energy that you're, 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 you're interacting with, right? So, you know, you could, uh, for instance, let's just use an example. Open your car door to your car, and you can say, "I'm opening myself up to new possibilities." You could turn on the engine of your car and say, "I'm, um, I'm igniting possibility and prosperity and love in my life, and revving up um, for this motion to take place." And as the car is moving, you would say, "I'm moving in the direction of more success, more abundance, more prosperity." Uh, you could take out the trash and say, "I'm take, I'm ridding myself of." things that are no longer serving me and I'm clearing it out of my my life and out of my body and out of my mind and out of my spirit you could you know you could be dancing at a party and you can say I'm dancing for the friend family friend of mine who's in the hospital and giving them healing energy you could wake up in the morning and when you're putting your um, your cleaning up or doing things around the house you could say I'm preparing myself to be able to receive more in my life therefore making space and cleaning that which is no longer necessary in my life so as I clean these dishes, I'm also cleaning my energy and the energies that are around me that I've picked up on during the day that have been limiting me, blocking me, or holding me back from being able to see more possibility. So ritual you're making food you could but you can bring uh, ritual into the food where you're you know like the other day i made food um my girlfriend was in town and the kids and the whole family and i'm very family oriented, as you see but since you've been here and you see my family around so you know for me uh cooking and making food and having everyone around and talking and everything so when i cook i was making uh laughing uh brownies for the kids and putting laughter in it while i was making them and laughing into it and then seeing laughter into it and seeing Thing, every bubble every turn of the spoon with laughter and the kids started eating it and they were started laughing and everyone's like why are they laughing so much in the other room and I was like because they're eating my laughing brownies you know and then I made um food for the adults and I made love um cauliflower you know and um, and I put all this love energy that you know while was the whole time I was making it. I was putting love energy that whoever eats this is going to feel this warmth in their chest and this great love. And everyone was eating it. Was like, oh my god, I love this. What is this? I feel so good when I eat it. And so the thing is, is that magic ritual, all of it, is basically associated to energy and where you direct that energy, which is true alchemy. And so when we get into understanding true alchemy, it's really the understanding of being able to to take an energy, manipulate it or change it or put it in the direction of another energy and bring that in or take the energy you have and change it or direct it. Into something that actually creates a different type of energy. So the the ritual aspect is powerful. When you are running on a treadmill, you can say, "I am running towards all the things that I want to bring into my life," and such as, and then you start listing them off, uh, and then you can add time frames with them as well. And then, or you could say, you know, uh, let's say for instance, you're getting um, a massage, right? And someone's massaging you. You can say, "I'm." as they're massaging my body, they're releasing the poisons and toxins from my system, but not just from my system, but from my friend's system and my family system and from everyone around me system. And so therefore now you're doing healing on all your friends and family just by your intent and your believableness in the words that you say, which is all geared towards the action of getting the massage, which is also energy. And these are all different energies that create the alchemy of what you're asking for.
1: Mm, and you know, what I love about all of this and- One, I mean, the work that you're doing is taking these concepts that are sometimes very hard for to understand overall and really modernizing it in a way and also providing people with like actionable ways to incorporate it into their lives, which I think is so beautiful. And it feels like it's just very much intentional play. And when you spoke on the Almost 30 podcast, at the end of the episode, when you were talking with Krista, I was listening to that. I mean, I remember perfectly. I was driving down the 405 about to get on the 101 and just started bawling because it resonated with me so deeply that it was a message that I needed to hear. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of playfulness?
0: Yeah. So most people, you know, they go through life doing yoga and like drinking um, healthy drinks. And, you know, I mean, there's so many beautiful things out there that we can partake of right now in our evolution, which is why I say there's no excuse for anyone to not be evolving on planet earth right now, because there's just so much resource, right? Right. Uh, and, and and it's really cool. It's a really cool thing. And it's for a shaman, from someone like myself, uh, who looks at everything from the shamanic point of view, you know, one of the things that I see, you know, that really could be more upgraded, I would say even more lifted and shifted is the understanding of the soul. And when we get into what we call uh, soul's grace, soul's love and soul's acceptance and why people suffer on the planet is because they're not in touch with their soul. You get into the understanding of why there's scriptures in the Bible that say things that jesus said like the only way you can enter the kingdom of heaven is to come as a child or why in shamanism we're told that um you're that you're closest to source when you're closest to your child and why other cultures and beliefs hold the idea of connection to youth and connection to being young at such a important thing and then even in modern day society everybody wants to stay young and what they don't understand is why that is there is not just the young of the skin and getting botox and getting all these little treatments done and so forth which is up to each person to do it if they choose however it's about you connecting with your soul which is bringing that that part of you That is that innocent child that wants to play and love and create and sing and dance and all that. And so what a lot of people don't realize is that when you don't bring that child into your work, or I would say your work, let's change the word to work to love, or your loving service, right? Or bring that child into uh, the the complications that you have going on um, in your life, that child, that child part of you. That is your soul has the ability to change any energy into original source of energy, which is love and play, right? And so, in that moment, you're able to move through so many obstacles. Like I take a bunch of Fortune 500 CEOs, and um, you know, and basically put them in a room, and I bring a bunch of toys in, and they come in and they play. And the first time I did that in New York, and also in London, a lot of people were like. Why am I spending money to come and play toys with you? I had no, I I thought I was going to do something different. I had no idea this is what this workshop was about. And then, you know, they took a while, but, but then finally when they got to the point where I started playing and I invited them to play and I gave them little toys that they, you know, they all chose their toys and they started getting involved in it and they started playing and my whole thing was watching them kind of go into that child self and playing and having fun. And I was like, you know, we got to find the sacred orb of Teleron and where is the sacred orb at? And, you know, and all this stuff. And how do we get to enter the fortress of Daphne? And, you know, one of them is like, well, we have to first find the water um, of, of Oris. And where is the water of Oris? Well, you first we have to find the gold, the old man with the sacred flower. And, you know, and we started getting into that space and they started joining along with it. And then at the end they all you know say goodbye and they thank me for the workshop and then two weeks and three weeks later i was getting phone calls from all these ceos from my my team saying how it completely changed the way they saw their company and how they things that they thought were obstacles were not really obstacles but were actually there to teach them how to look inside and they started be uh you know it's a lot of the creative um people who came in and did those exercises started realizing how to take creativity to a different level than they actually were operating in so what it did was it, it basically opened up them to their creative energy source, their intellectual energy source, which allows the brain space technology to be upgraded so that you're able to bring forth new information that you would have never have found if you were too busy playing in one sandbox. But the act of playing opens up the creative spark and therefore creates the innovation and therefore creates the, you know, that part of yourself that has what we call peer intelligence and allows you to be able to see all the many different angles of life. And this is what it means to truly be quantum. And so I honestly believe that in order for anybody to ascend or to reach higher levels of consciousness or to be able to uh, bring prosperity in their life or love in their life or any of these things, you got to play. Like my girlfriend and I, we play video games, we play action figures, we go to escape rooms, we do everything that like a child would do, build sand castles on the beach, you know. And the thing is, even like the other day, my girlfriend and I were at my friend's house who you just met, who was just here with a bunch of kids and we, um, and me and her helped uh, her son build his racetrack. So we can have like a a drop and, you know, all these really cool things with it. And, you know, other people will look at us and be like, why are you guys playing on so long with the kids? But it's not that we're just playing with the kids. We're actually playing with ourselves as well too, because we wanted to build that racetrack so we can bring the car down the racetrack and see if we can make the loop and jump over the box and so forth. And so, but what it did was it after doing all of that that day it opened up all these opportunities for us and so i think that society has been put into a very i would say a very aggressive way of looking at life where you get a certain amount of being a kid and then the rest of it, you have to kind of go into an institution that tells you how to think against yourself, to think codependently, not independently, which is where we need to be in order to create sustainability on planet earth, not just human sustainability, but also sustainability with everything that we actually build with technology or with our crafts and our ideas and our innovations. There's a point in shamanism where we look at, what chooses, how do we choose a shaman to be the next in line shaman? And it's not the people who are following the rules and doing something so perfectly. It's the one who breaks the rules and does something so differently. And, and, is away from the tribe doing something completely that you would never think someone would do. It could even be just the kids, everyone's going to bed and the kid gets up to look at the stars at night. That person has potential to be a shaman because that means they're able to let spirit guide through them through playfulness. And all transformation and all innovation and all creative geniusness comes from play.
1: Mm, I, you know, and I can totally resonate with the witnessing of things opening up for you after playing because that's what's happened for me over the past couple of weeks of just kind of like sitting back a little bit but initially I felt a lot of guilt and I think that that's because again our society is so aggressive with do 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 make sure that you continue to make more money than the next person that that you see to buy all these things to have higher ranks it's been so ingrained in the collective consciousness that it, for me, I felt so much guilt sitting back a little bit, even when I saw some things start to come in. So how do we shift from that more, dare I say, masculine energy to the more feminine receptivity and fluidness, um, one within our own individual experience, but then also for the collective as well?
0: That's a be that's a beautiful question and I love it and I'm excited to answer it and the first thing is to access anything from the feminine aspect we have to be willing to understand what is the feminine aspect the quality of life right is held within the feminine tones. I'd say. It's the it's the frequency of what I call the life code, right? And women hold the life code. And the life code not only is for their ability to bring life through their vessels, which is a great honor to the spirits, which means that women have definitely done something really amazing in other planets for them to be on Earth planet, to get to bring another being through their vessel, which is like, I mean, come on you know and then
1: that. <laughs> you
0: know what i mean and then so then is the the consciousness aspect of it right which is you know looking at the simplicity of things without trying to uh, and and when i say trying because that's as far as you're going to get if you think you're getting into the feminine the feminine is about seeing things both the inner and outer dimensions of things so when a woman walks into a room she's not just looking at the dinner table where she's gonna sit down and have friends over for dinner. She's looking at where the bathrooms are, the exits, what type of energy is in there, what kind of what does the ambience look like, you know, all of these elements. Are the people, are there people at this restaurant, you know, what kind of people are there? Uh, and then she's looking at her feelings and then she's looking at how everyone else is feeling. And and then she's looking at how do I create this to be an all-inclusive experience for the for that people that I'm that I love and care about. Whereas a man walks in the room, he's looking at the architecture of two things. One, how does it benefit him? Two, what does he get to do in this process of building? So he goes in with the idea of accomplishing something. Something must be accomplished. And it could be just getting from point A to point B. It could be just the accomplishment was that he got to eat or the accomplishment was that he got to take a break from being busy-minded all day and he gets to actually have a conversation with someone, that could be the accomplishment. And so so most of humanity is driven by that masculine polarity of bigger, faster, better, by the consciousness of driving technology driving innovation through the dysfunctional ego not the ego that is that, that's been brought to the heart space which is all about empowerment and lifting and shifting but the lower dimensional ego that is still held in insecurity which is operating from the idea that i have to or else and so we create this relationship on earth with the same short-sightedness the way that the allopathic medical world does it we divide and we we categorize so that we feel that we can understand something and that actually divides that divide and that categorizing limits us from being able to fill in which is necessary for all components and for this all-inclusive experience so The the, the quality of someone being able to come to earth And experience life from this beautiful essence of here's a beautiful butterfly, and this butterfly is so beautiful. And you can feel the intricate design and the feeling of this butterfly that you don't need to rip its wings off and poke it with a stick to see if it bleeds, because you can already feel its its intricateness in the beauty of it and the essence of it. And therefore, you want to protect it and be gentle with it. And this is the way a woman and a female thinks. So when we invite the feminine in, we realize the the feminine is about nurture first, nurture first. And if you can remember that aspect of nurture first, then you begin to sink deeper and deeper into that feminine well of knowledge which is the ability to preserve so when you go into the nurturing then you go into the deeper wisdom which is the intuition and then you begin to see like what is missing that is limiting or causing any obstruction or infraction to the idea of something being whole and complete with the with the knowledge of its preservation so This is the core energy. And so when we operate in the world and we talk about collective. The only collective there is is the matrix using every form of limitation to make you believe that you are just this one person living this life and that your whole goal in life is to get as many points of love and like in in, in any social platform you have or any forms that you have in your life. It's literally that You're something missing from you, that you're not worthy enough, or you don't have something. So get as many like points and as many love points, ding, 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 and winner, winner, chicken dinner. But the point I'm saying is, is that, you know, it's very Vegas, it's very Vegas oriented. It's a, it's, it's a rewarding system for you to become more and more codependent and think that through that codependency, you're creating security, And that's the illusion because security that this system provides also takes away your power. Mm -hmm. But the core energy for us to shift into by honoring the feminine is to utilize the feminine, not as a weakness, but as a strength to understand imbalance and through being able to utilize the feminine for the sake of imbalance, we then be able to see what needs to be put in place to create balance so that we're not innovating things for the sake of innovating atomic bombs so we can make money and profit, but we're innovating technology and advancements in science that are utilized to to bring preservation to the species, to the animal species, to the natural environment, and to the living species on this planet and all sentient beings so that once we hold that frequency of truth here in that uh reverence right then we're able to then connect with other beings in other parts of the galaxy because they won't be afraid not afraid that they're afraid of of us but they're afraid of us hurting ourselves because of their existence Mm -hmm. right so there's so so we the, the whole understanding of shadowing our reality is because we're not comfortable yet, but we are becoming more so with the help of people like you and me and all the other people who are listening, who are born to be leaders, to bring legacy, leave legacy on the planet by stepping into that heart space and bringing in that feminine energy, be it male or female. Because a lot of times me, women will say, oh, well, I'm feminine because I'm a woman. No, it doesn't mean that. Or if you're not operating from nurtures first, you are not holding the feminine frequency because you can't go from nurture first and then to intuition, then to go into uh, you know, preservation you're not nurture first, you're not getting any of those other levels. And that's why, you know, women are having a difficulty on so many different levels from being able to achieve orgasms or being able to really connect because they're not connecting within themselves. And then people are easy to cut down trees and destroy nature and kill animals because they're not connecting to the beautiful design of life code that lives in each and every one of those animals. And so there's a quality of life that changes from the idea that there is this lack and this yearning to fill in that void with material possessions and things that just make you get what I call a a quick fix or a retail therapy or a quick high to you actually learning how to become a sustainable person where there is no lack and you're only uh, purchasing things and getting involved in things that are literally lifting and shifting you not just collecting dust in your house like for instance, this Airbnb that I rent here while I'm here in, uh, on tour in LA. I mean, what is all this stuff? Mm-hmm. You, what is it? Like, what are these pictures on the wall? What do they represent to me? Absolutely nothing. So the thing is, is that why do you have things in your home that don't really lift you and shift you then right. get rid of it?
1: Right, yeah, I think that that, I mean, I just moved into a new place. So, and we've been so intentional with everything that we've gotten so far. And actually we've only bought a couch. So far. And that's because I don't want to just fill my home with things that are going to be those quick fixes. And I think the thing that shifted for me was realizing that every time I did that, I was trying to fill a void that was inside of me that instead I could fill with something so much more nurturing, like um, even just taking a bath. Or placing my hands on my heart and breathing or meditating or journaling. And there were all these practices that, you know, everyone, of course, has heard a dozen times on a dozen podcasts as things to do. But they really do work because they help to get you into that state of nurture and into that state of intuition. Um, And I think that that's what's so powerful about, one, the work that you're doing is that you're not doing anything that's like this crazy idea you know these are simple simple practices that anyone can do and like you said there's really no excuses anymore we're in an age where information is at our fingertips and you if you're listening to this podcast you already have a dozen marching orders from listening to you that you can start to incorporate into your life which i think is so powerful so can we talk about spirit hacking yeah, for sure. So where did this idea come from? Where at what point did you realize that you did need to bring all of all of this wisdom into a book?
0: So, you know, I, I it's interesting because, you know, I'm 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 a big in um, anthropology and sociology, and I'm very much about human development and how do we as a species, why do we have this infraction of war on our planet? Why do we continue to kill our own kind? why do we continue to kill our own resources and, and why do we continue? to um destroy our own selves you know it's like i it's like i see people going and doing all of these health and wellness things you know but then at the same time i listen to their dialogue that comes out of their mouth and it completely self-destructs everything that they're putting energy and effort into because you can go and do as many downward dogs as you want to and you can drink as many green drinks as you want to and you can do as many of the ice uh you know uh things with wim hof and do all these things but then all of a sudden when you are sitting at home talking to your Yourself internally, your internal dialogue is garbage, and your uh, way of looking at the world and how you receive love is 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 um is limited because you're only seeing love coming from your husband or your kids. You're not seeing the love that comes from the sun or the love that comes from nature, the love that is coming in all the time from your ancestors, and the love that's coming in all the time from from just the creator, the source that people should be receiving in their vessels and feeling this warmth in their heart every single day. So. So I was looking at, you know, my knowledge in shamanism and then looking at my knowledge and magic that as a part of shamanism as well. Um, and then ritual, which is a part of shamanism as well. And then being a kid, which is a part of shamanism and then finding a way to not make it so that someone has to spend 23 years to become, you know, knowledgeable in these, in these practices, you know, like I had to from my childhood to where I am now uh, and. To be able to make it a quick experience that has lifelong results. Because my whole thing is like, why do you want to spend your life in therapy when you could spend like one day or two minutes or 15 minutes doing a spirit hack that is going to shift your perspective and your life in such a quick way that you can have all that time that you would be spending money for therapy or expending money, doing all these things that you feel you need to do in order to become quote unquote spiritual, which spirituality to me means just someone who wants to evolve, that you can spend it having fun, you know, and, and, and enjoy your life. And so my, one of my best friends is Dave Asprey and we spent a lot of time together. We're literally brothers. We were, we were connected in another lifetime together in Egypt and you know, we—he was a priestess in uh, in Egypt in one of my lives where I was a pharaoh, and we spent a lot of time together in that life. And when in this life, you know, we came into each other's life in this life, and one of the things that we really loved was how quick we we came back together, and and not only just that, but also the idea of. Um, you know, he does the biohacking. And what I looked at in the biohacking was that, you know, people are using these quick fix to get these experiences like boosting their mitochondria and accelerating their serotonin and, you know, doing all of these things to upgrade their system. So I'm like, why, who is doing it in the spirit world? who is the person upgrading, teaching people quick hacks to upgrade themselves in the spirit world. So they don't have to spend doing all these things to get somewhere where they want to go or take ayahuasca because they want to go into deep experience when they can do these hacks and take them there in like a matter of minutes. So, or someone who doesn't believe in magic and then teach them how to access magic in like, like less than three minutes. Right. And so, That's why I created spirit hacking. And so I call myself the spirit hacker. And basically it's hacking your spirit basically using shamanic understanding and understanding principles of psychology and understanding principles of of human development and sociology and anthropology and knowing physiology and using those experiences to create a way for you to hack yourself so quickly and shift things so quickly in your life that you're like oh my god this is long lasting results this isn't just like a quick fix this is like my whole paradigm has been flipped upside down you know and so I wanted to like start, show, it took me years to cultivate. I've been doing it since I was a kid, you know? Uh, and and the interesting thing is I've been meeting with all these different scientists around the world and sharing it with them and skeptics and doctors and whatever, and then they would do it. And they're just like, what the heck is this? This is the future. This is crazy. How is it that you got like, the other day I was doing, it. I was being interviewed um, by this press person and I taught her how to cha- to lower her heart rate by spirit hacking and i taught this one guy uh, who was having chronic depression how to clear his depression in less than five minutes and he hasn't had depression since and so for me it's about Really creating a, an adaptation tool that can be utilized in the future for allopathic medicine, for for holistic medicine, for, for holism, for, for health and wellness, to really create something that we get to put the power back in our hands and not be codependent because we're actually operating in our own field of intelligence and we're utilizing that field of intelligence as a recycling tool for our own happiness, our own joy, our own elation, our own bliss. So we're not needing things to get us to those places that we can create it like that like i can demonstrate for you like a simple uh simple way to generate energy in your body so go ahead and put out your hand actually let's do it with your let's do it with your other Put switch the yeah so put your hand so are you gonna say these simple words right simple 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 okay you're gonna say i've created I've created a powerful electrical energy ball, a
1: powerful electrical energy ball
0: that's sitting in the palm of my hand, That's
1: sitting in the palm of my hand that
0: has moved through my belief system
1: that has moved through my belief system
0: and my conscious programming and
1: my conscious programming.
0: What just happened?
1: I can see a ball. Hmm. And, f- and what, what do you, and what do you feel? Yeah, I can see it and feel it. In and, my what, hand. and
0: what sensations are you feeling?
1: It's completely tingly all over my arm.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Now watch Say, electricity. Electricity. Hello. Hello. Go inside of my arm.
1: Go inside of my arm.
0: And vibrate the muscles in my arm.
1: And vibrate the muscles in my arm. Whoa.
0: Pretty amazing, right? pretty cool. Watch this. Say, electricity, go into my heart.
1: Electricity, go into my heart.
0: And bring fire of unconditional love from my heart.
1: And bring fire of unconditional love from my heart. Yeah alchemy
0: exactly so you're so what you're doing is you're learning how to to step into the whole purpose why we're here which is to be conscious creators right quantum conscious creators the ability to create at will Mm -hmm. The ability to orchestrate energies from the universe, from a tree, from a flower, from a plant, without the need to take it. So, like, let's give you another one. Um, Go ahead. Say, download into my body.
1: Download into my body. Laughter. Laughter.
0: Accelerate the frequency.
1: Accelerate the frequency.
0: To 100.
1: To 100. 200. 200.
0: 300.
1: 300.
0: 400.
1: 400.
0: <laughs> 500.
1: 500.
0: 600.
1: 600.
0: 700.
1: <laughs> 700.
0: Do you see what's happening? Yeah. Because you were able to use your power to spirit hack and create electricity out of thin air. Your being now is able to download frequency Mm. now when you're dealing with someone who is going through pain or suffering or going through a difficulty in their life overcoming heartache whatever it is that they whatever it is that people are claiming that's causing them difficulty it could be money issues whatever it may be it doesn't matter okay you can spirit hack those things And you can do it in such an easier way. You want to access deep meditation. You can hack yourself to go to the deepest meditation in a matter of a minute. And the bus could go by and people could throw a horn in your ear and it won't even affect you. I've been teaching spirit hacking to a lot of my young students who are like age six and seven. And they said it's changed the way they go to school with other kids. I've teached spirit hacking to, um, to wall street execs. And they've said it's changed the way they see their, their, the way that they look at numbers. A lot of them who are analysts see things differently. They, they, things that they would have missed, they don't miss anymore. You know, I've been teaching spirit hacking to actress friends of mine. So who've had major anxiety walking the red carpet and I've taught them them how to create force fields of energy that create energy forms that that where if energy is being coming in from empathic waves that from people's emotions and thoughts they can't feel it i mean there's all kinds of hacks and so this is why i did that book and when i did it and dave was like oh my God, I got to write the forward to your book. I got to do the forward. And then Paul Hawken jumped in. He's so amazing. And he's one of the top scientists for environmental science in the world. And he wrote a book called Drawdown. He's a genius. And he figured out how we're going to heal and fix our planet. And he works with the top scientists all over the world and speaks on the biggest boards of business and so forth. And then Carolyn Leaf came in and was like, I'm a neuroscientist and got into what I was doing. And, And all of them has just been so wonderful. And Dr. Will Cole, all these different doctors Doctors and scientists who've been backing up my book and supporting it, and I write it in a very cheeky, fun way. Like you know, like imagine. like one of my chapters is "fuck forgiveness," you know, <laughs> and like you know, and I and I say these things because I I don't want it to be this heady like scientific book on shamanism. I want it to be that a teenager will read it and laugh, you know, and that when you read it, you'll laugh and you'll be like, "Oh my god, did he really just say that?" That's exactly what I've been thinking my whole life, but I've never been able to formulate it into words that's what it's about
1: Mm. shaman Dirk, you are lighting up the world the universe i'm so grateful and i'm so excited to read your book so for those that are listening You have your Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. How else can people follow along with your journey?
0: They can go to uh, Shaman Dirk on Instagram. Uh, I do a lot of lives and bring on uh, people in the tribe to talk and share their wisdom because I like to hear from other people's ideas of what kind of things they can teach me and share with the tribe. Um, You can also check out my shaman school where you can learn how to access your powers, uh, define your certain realities of consciousness and be able to really step into what it means to anchor your power in this now Time And become a giant, a lit giant, uh, which is what I call, you know, uh, being alive and living your truth and really being lit. Because the thing is, if you're going to be on this planet, then you got to shine your light and you got to radiate and you got to illuminate. And, and it's important for you to recognize that there's only one of you. So... You got to, you got to live your life a hundred percent, like live your best life because there's only one of you. And there, and it's, and and mathematically there's no way that we could duplicate you ever again. So like really live it. So you can do that. Check out the podcast. You know, you can pre-order the book on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and just remember how awesome you all are. Like, remember that, like every morning you wake up, be like, you know what? I'm awesome you know, and, and, and look at yourself in the mirror and be like, you're awesome because, you know, self, self love is so important, but being selfish is the new self love and selfishness isn't a bad thing. Selfishness means that you first, right? Cause you first then allows the overflow to go out to everyone. So the more you take care of yourself, the more you take care of all of us. So thank you for having me.